Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are back, as Casey described on the Monday episode, with our prediction and game preview post for the first game of uh, the 2021 Purdue football season. It is here, ladies and gentlemen. It's here. Yay. I can. I, I was, I was going to say I can hear the excitement in Casey's voice. I was just waiting. I was hoping he'd do, you know, the DJ horn. But we got the... We got the contented sigh and sadness instead. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about what our expectations are for this season a little bit a uh, few weeks back when we had Kyle on the show. My best case scenario, if you'll recall, if you're a longtime listener, is six and six. So that's going to be, you know, if everything goes Purdue's way, if they win the games they're supposed to win and maybe sneak away with one they shouldn't, I think they're going to be six and six. Casey, you are a lot more pessimistic than I am. <laughs> Before we get into this specific game against Oregon State, what is your overall outlook on the football season as we stand today? Well, I mean, I have a standing bet right now with uh, our That's great. Overlord Let's talk about this. Let's do it. That if we are even just 500, even if we're your, your magical six and six, I will attempt the IHOP challenge. No, Waffle House. Waffle, IHOP, whatever. Waffle There's House a big challenge. difference. I don't think there would be <laughs> with this. I think the suffering comes out to the same syrup, but yeah, okay. I, and I, I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna jump in. For those that don't know, the Waffle House Challenge was popularized by random people on, uh, in a fantasy football league that we all saw on Twitter about a month back. So the guy who finished last in the fantasy football league had to go to a Waffle House for 24 hours. He had to stay there the entire time, uh, and he got one hour taken off his time he was in the Waffle House for every waffle he ate. Uh, and he, of course, live-tweeted the whole thing because it's 2021, and that's what you do. So Travis and Casey now have a bet where if the team finishes 500 or above, Casey has to do the Waffle House Challenge. 
if the team finishes under 500, Travis has to do the Waffle House Challenge. So there could be more than more than pride in the bucket on the line when it comes to the uh, Purdue-Indiana game at the end of the season. So uh, I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to let everybody know what that is in case we have listeners who don't know what it is. So well, go ahead. I, I have two assertions. One one based off being petty, because you usually have to correct me, but the Waffle House Challenge is definitely more than a month old. Well, yes. It has been a thing for a couple years, I do believe. Second... Actually, I just said the first point. But second, my my, <laughs> my concern is so low that I will probably celebrate before the, the the night before the last game. I will probably celebrate with some Waffle House. Oh, wow. Just to, like, get the taste for it because you know you're not going to have to. You know how, like, the Miami Dolphins, like, broke uh, the champagne, champagne glass? Like, I will do that as soon yeah. as they lose their seventh game. Okay. All right. So what you're telling me is you're not optimistic. I'm optimistic that Travis is going to die at a Waffle House. <laughs> so if Travis dies at a Waffle House, who takes over? Clearly the guy that killed him. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that's you then, so I better start sucking up now. Uh, all right. So we got Casey, who's much more negative. We've got me, who I guess I'm more middle of the road. Uh, you know, Travis is at times Nuts. talking about nine and he's talking about nine and three on the season if everything breaks right, which I think is insane. But, you know, God bless him. He's a fount of optimism, and we got to have, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of Casey's negativity. Uh, you throw me right in the middle, and, and hopefully one of us will, you know, be able to say I told you so at the end of the year. So um, Purdue does have their first game of the year this Saturday. It is a night game in ross Aid Stadium, kickoff at 7 p.m. So um, we are all very excited uh, to get back into the swing of things with football. Um as I said, Oregon State coming in. Uh, this will actually be the 500th game at Ross Aid Stadium, which is pretty cool. Um, we would have hit that number last year, except for, you know, canceled home games and a shortened season and all that. So uh, these two teams have only ever played uh, one time, uh, and that was in uh, 1967. So not a so whole lot of 22 history. 22 to 17. 22 to 14, I believe. I was that close? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Oregon State won. So not a lot of history there. And for me, when you look at the first game of the season, it, it is such a crapshoot to predict. You know, unless you're a team like Alabama or Clemson, you know, or Ohio State coming in that you know you have the horses, you know you're playing against a, a mid to low tier team that you're just going to run over. You know, for a team like Purdue who Three comes in. dog. <laughs> listen. We don't even lovable, know, but <laughs> so so you're saying you feel bad for them basically every time. Yeah, you, you see... don't you don't you definitely don't want to jump on for a ride. Well, no, 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 you'd crush the poor thing. <laughs> uh, so I mean, for a team like Purdue coming off what has obviously been a disappointing uh, couple seasons, we don't really know what to expect. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries, specifically on the offensive side uh, and on the offensive line. Um, Purdue desperately needs help on the defensive line. Um, we need some linebackers to step up the secondary. The more I read about it, the more I, I remember how they played last year. I'm not as concerned um, for me. It's just there has to be somebody on that defensive line who can help uh, big George Karloftis, because if not, teams are just going to be able to double triple team him and we won't be able to get a rush to the quarterback. And that just makes everything so much harder for the defense. Um, 
So, Casey, what scares you the most about playing Oregon State? They return every one of their offensive linemen, and they have a running back who ran for 1,300 yards as a freshman, was really good last year in his third season, and they added a transfer from Colorado to play quarterback who is really pretty much an athlete who can really run the ball. All of those things have not been kind to us the last couple of years. Yeah, those those are not strengths for Purdue. Um, if you if you read any of the quotes from Jeff Brom's press conference, he talked about the way that Oregon State likes to play, and he talked about them being a power running team. He compared them to Wisconsin, I believe, on at least two occasions. How does that and go for us, Norman? That's what I was about to say. And as a Purdue fan. I am well-versed in my recent history of Purdue versus Wisconsin, seeing that we have not beat them in uh, a couple decades. So you, you don't love to see that. You know, when you compare a team that you're going to play to a team that you haven't beat in decades, you don't love it. Um, they, they are a power-running team. Like Casey said, they've got everybody returning on the offensive line. Uh, they've got a, a running back who who has rushed for over 1,000 yards his first year in the program. And then you've got the Colorado transfer who uh, I don't know much about him. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, his name is, I think Sam, Sam Neuer. Yeah. Sam Neuer. So the interesting thing to me is it's, you're probably going to see this a lot more now with transfers in college football. I mean, this guy transferred in from Colorado and beat out an incumbent, um, a, re a returning starter. At well, the returning for starter is injured, right? Well, but I think it was already announced that he w he was going to be the starter uh, before he was in. The the latest thing I read from our buddies over at Building the Dam, it was never it was expected that Neuer would run away with it, but the way it's yeah. been phrased and thought of is he really didn't run away with it, which is a little bit of a disappointment. But the injury obviously makes him the choice. I don't really care because this defense made Tyler Martinez look like Lamar Jackson. Yes, yeah, so, that's fair. So, but but my thing with him is. He does not have good stats. I mean, he he played basically two seasons. He was 88 of 160, which, okay, I mean, you're just a little over 50%. He's only thrown for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns with seven interceptions. Ledman? Uh, yeah. Do you remember the name of the Illinois four-string quarterback that played us? No, I don't. You don't, and yet he beat us, right? I don't even remember. We Look, we played— We've played some bad. He came back and scored like 30 points in the second half. Yes. But my point is, my point is, it's not like he's a world beater. Now, do you need a world beater to beat Purdue? No, you do not. But I would rather play against a guy who's not a world beater than, you know, the alternative. You know, than Lamar Jackson again. LeVar Jackson again. We get better against Lamar. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why I said Lavar, like he's Lavar Burton or something. <laughs> Next host of Jeopardy, right there. Um, uh, don't so, don't put that curse on him. Yeah, I know, I know. So, I mean, he's not some some superstar that we need to be terribly concerned about. I am much more worried about the running game from Oregon State. Now, on the other side of the ball, their defense um, has not been great. They are not expected to be great. Um, their defensive line is largely believed to be pretty terrible. Uh, and this is coming from the folks over at Building the Dam. You know, they they understand they have some holes on that defensive line. And that is good news for Purdue because, as I said uh, a few minutes ago, the offensive line has had some injuries, some, you know, problems with cohesion in, in camp. So if we can get a defensive line who's not going to cause a ton of trouble, that's going to be great news for us. They gave up five and a half yards of carry last year. 
and almost yeah, that three touchdowns a game on the ground. Yeah, I mean, over five 200 and a half yards. yards. Five and a half yards per rush. I mean, I I don't know why you'd ever throw the ball. That would have been that's, a season high for us. <laughs> Look, a lot of things would be a season <laughs> high for us, okay? We don't need to play this game. We don't need who, to do this. Who do you every think time. should be our, our running back? Like, who should be our RB1? I'd probably put Horvath. Why? Yeah, you can. Samson, we don't even know if he's eligible. Yeah, yeah they said in the press conference, like, we don't know. Uh, we, you know, we're getting him ready, but we're oh. not optimistic. So um, they don't, I mean, because he has to get a waiver from the NCAA. It's so late in the year. Um, so they're not expecting him to be ready to play. Oh, we're so. still listening to the NCAA. <laughs> well, you, you know, for now. Uh, they are yeah, scheduled to have a constitutional convention with the NCAA at some point soon. Uh, where they Wait, can literally the change thing everything. Ben Franklin started? It, well, I don't know if you could <laughs> literally say he started it, but yes, he was certainly at one. Uh, and the NCAA has one on their docket for uh, the coming months. Okay. So that, yeah, so who knows what uh, that's going to be like. But focusing back on Oregon State, so not only is their defensive line bad, their secondary uh, and pass defense also very bad. And that is why I'm more optimistic about this game than you are. I think with Plummer as the starting quarterback, the guy who both you and I won. Yeah, can we start. just celebrate this for a second? I mentioned yeah. it on the pod Monday, but like just the fact that we have to celebrate basic, pure, competent choices. Yes. Well, and the, all you and need to know that, about the Brom quarterback situation. Yeah, and the fact that we know who it is before <laughs> game day and just waiting to see who takes the first snap is a big adjustment. Yeah, so I'm shocked we're going to be able to score a touchdown without – tape over the quarterback's back plate so you don't know who it is yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm optimistic that if we get Plummer out there you know he stays healthy he showed me a lot of promise uh before the injury and in the time that he had on the field and you put a guy like david bell out there who i think when he steps out on the field against that oregon state defense is going to be the best player on the field can he be our running back Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we get him the ball in a running back type role, you know, have him do some uh, some sweeps, some, uh, you know, quick handoffs, anything to get the guy the ball, because he you know, he's not as quick as Rondell Moore. I mean, no one out there is. But the fact of the matter is he may have better hands and he may be a better route runner uh, than Rondell Moore. So if we can. Polished. Yes, if we can focus uh, on getting him the ball when he is open and not forcing it to him, because I think that ah, was a problem. Yeah, but I think that was a problem with the offense at times last year with trying to force it to either Bell or Moore, uh, and that led to, I think, some predictability and some problems. Ah. So, uh, I mean, I just think David Bell is going to be the best player on the field when he's out there, and if we can take advantage of that, I think Purdue can put a lot of points on the board, and I do think – uh, this is going to be a, a high-scoring game, and I think Purdue will pull it out. My guess right now, uh, and I reserve the right to change this uh, on the site when the we're, prediction post goes up on have Friday. To get some kind of prediction drop. Prediction. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I am going to go. Can I talk to Purdue DJ. I tried yeah. to DM him once uh, from the Hammer and Rails right after he was named it on Twitter. Never yeah. responded back. Well, he's you not know, that big of a name. I, I don't even like, know who he's he is. Not, I, like, we've gotten bigger people than him to talk to us, but come on. Hey, it, maybe maybe he he didn't have his DMs open at the time, or he didn't look at him at the time. You never know. Twitter can be a cesspool. Outrageous. I Disrespect. Know. I know. 
So here's my pick. My pick is going to be 42-35. I'm going to give oh, Purdue the gosh. Purdue the edge. What you're describing is a game that's going to like result in a lot of just drunkenness. Well, yeah. I mean, the game starts at 7 p.m. Fair. But I feel like there's a frenzy that comes when you just like when you know any play is going to be a touchdown. It's just like you drink a little heavy. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. So before I hear your prediction, <laughs> we will go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we'll be back, I'm gonna drop uh, some knowledge on you, and then we'll hear what Casey has to say about the game against Oregon State. All right, and we are back. So Purdue right now is uh, favored by about a touchdown. It looks like the line I think is six right now. So my brother sent me oh, this. Oh, it was seven. So yeah. it was ticked. It looks like it's moved, moved a little favorite. bit. So my brother sent me this. He said, Purdue is 6-10 as the favorite since 2018, which is the worst in FBS. That Nobody is else such has a an losing indictment record. of coaching. <laughs> Nobody else has a losing record, and Nebraska is fourth, fourth worst at 9-8 as favorites. So it's, and it's an indictment on two people. It's an indictment on one end on coaching because they can't win games they should. But also it's an indictment because in general, the lines are set by Vegas who thinks they're going to get the most like gambling money on. And Purdue fans are just degenerates. All of you, <laughs> I'm looking right at you in the face. Put that money to good use and stop wasting it on the Boilermakers. It, it does look like the line has moved back to seven. See? The degenerates came in. They're like, ooh, getting that extra, extra point. Yeah. Throw down right. the dollars. So... We're not doing, you know, covering the spread. I just want I just want your straight prediction of who's going to win this game. So you are obviously the pessimistic one of the podcast, but what are your thoughts? Uh, what's your prediction? 38-33 Purdue, because like, I'm not going to root. I am pessimistic entirely. I think we'll lose, but I'm not going to go on record and vote against it until I see them be awful on the field to start the season. Yeah, I, that's I mean, the healthy way to be a Purdue fan. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, the first game of the season is always a crapshoot. You just never know what you're going to get. I mean, last year, Purdue won the first game of the season, instilled us with some optimism, and then, you know, how that went. If you're pessimist, that pessimistic going into the first game, you're just like the Grinch. You're just like pure bah humbug. You're, you're bringing it all in. But after the first game is when you can, like, call yourself, like, a realist. like Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Railing against the capitalism of Christmas. It's different. Yeah, because, I mean, as soon as you actually see a product on the field, yeah. then you can be more informed. You have an idea of what's actually going on versus right now, I mean, if you said, oh, we're going to lose 42 to nothing, like, right. now you're just being a jerk. Yeah, we haven't like, smelled yeah. the turd yet. Yeah. It's coming. Well, that's a lovely image. Thanks for that. I'm glad <laughs> glad we got that in there. So, all right, there we go. Both of us predicting a win for Saturday. Again, game is at Ross Aid, 7 p.m. kickoff. And just a reminder about what we're going to be giving you uh, going forward. We will record a podcast over the weekend at some point after the game. So likely you have going to have to be on Sunday night uh, for you to listen to on Monday morning. We'll oh, do a re. Let's have one more prediction. I'm going to call an audible. Real one, okay. You have to pick player right. of the game. I'll pick player of the game. Oh, David Bell, without a doubt. George Karloftis. We will not that pick was, uh, anyone yeah. else the rest of the year. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. If I picked one, you were going to pick the other. So, well, there we go. So, yeah, look for on Monday. We will have another podcast for you. It's going to be a recap uh, of this game, kind of talk about the highs, lows. And uh, we'll also have a little bit of a look ahead to the next game. And then, of course, cover any news that should break, you know, between now and then. So, if there's nothing else about Oregon State, Casey, I think that's it for us, and we will uh, enjoy the game this weekend. Just a great they, name. Yeah. This was always, I don't know about you when you were in high school, but this was like 
along with South Carolina, was the hat that all the idiot guys wore. Like, get it, it's the Beavers. It's the Cucks. <laughs> and, and they, you know, they thought they were so cool. Um, so, you know, you got to love that. Connorsville was a weird place, wasn't it? It was a bastion of just good times, let me tell you. <laughs> No, I hey, I loved Connorsville. I'd go back, not for like to live, but mm. you know, I'd I'd go back to get a, a a cherry vanilla marshmallow Coke at Kunkel's and uh, I, maybe maybe go to my twentieth or twenty fifth high school reunion, whatever. I don't know the next one. Right, as long as you don't cut your hair before then, so it's like all the way down to your ankles. Oh, it I, probably would be by then. I just went back to Lafayette. Like, I just got back, like, a half hour before we started. And I, I went back for a couple reasons, had a fantasy draft in person on Saturday. Pretty much, I, I got there on Thursday, and pretty much by Sunday morning when the hangover just started to wear off is when I was like, time to leave. This is enough. <laughs> You're like, this was a good trip, this, but yeah, I've had good. It. Yeah. Glad y'all yeah. are still here. Nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong Christmas. with, nothing wrong with growth as a person. You know, that's <laughs> fine. All right. I think that's it for us. So let's go, Boilers. We'll enjoy a game on Saturday night. We're all looking forward to it. It's pretty great to have football back with fans. Uh, so we hope to see Ross Aid rocking. All right. Boiler up. And myself. Let's do it. Boiler up. Boiler up.